Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. But all of us are called to lives of great character. How many of you know everyone is called to be a hero? I'll never forget, man, I thought I had arrived in the early 2000s and I was helping mentor kids at Will Rogers. And they gave us an award that year for being an everyday hero. Man, it touched my heart. I said, man, you helped us. And I think the kid I helped, he flunked anyway. Everybody makes choices. Get it out of your system. Go ahead. Even heroes have weaknesses. I couldn't get him through, man. He, couldn't, he didn't care. I think his name was Martin. He didn't care. He liked me, and I, I got to pour into his life a little bit, but he just wasn't getting it. <laughs> But God has called all of us, and this is a scriptural standard for everyone, to be a hero. It is. And you're going to see that today. You say, man, we're talking about dads today. So here, here's the title of today's message. Dear Dad, letter to dads. Your, your family needs and wants a hero. You don't have to do everything right, but man, let's do some of this, take some of these steps. And those of you who say, man, I'm not a dad, or I'm a woman, or this doesn't relate to me, or I'm not a dad yet. No, these are, these are scriptural standards today. So let's get into this. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Ephesians 6, 1. See how far I get today? Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do, talking to children. Honor your father and mother. That, that never runs out. You say, man, I'm 60. I don't have to obey my parents anymore. Yeah, you still have to honor them, though. Honor your father and mother. Treat them right even if you don't hang out with them. Love them. Pray for them. Take steps. Always, always honor them. Respect them. Reverence them. They gave birth to you. This is the first commandment with a promise. You say, well, women are like, I gave birth. I know. You know what I mean. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to have a long life. If Jesus doesn't return in our lifetime, we're going to continue to live. All right? Speaking of dads, the other day, I'll tell you a fun story. Me and dad were in the office, and he, had, he was taking caffeine bites of some kind, mocha bites. I don't know what they were. And he was chewing on them. And as he's talking to me, he's talking to me, and we're talking, man, and we were in the middle of the conversation. And he's talking to me, he's, he's getting lower and lower, and pretty soon he's down on his knees. And I'm looking at him, and I knew what he was doing. And so I start getting lower. And it's just me and him over there. He's down on his knees. I go, Dad, are you about to do push-ups or what? He said, yeah. And he just, just like that. He said, yeah. He just keeps talking. And he's talking to me. He's teaching me. So before I know it, I'm watching him. I'm getting down on my knees, too. And he's still talking, and I start hitting some push-ups, and then so did he. I don't know how it happened. I was not caffeinated. It was just him. You see why we never got into substances. The Cinnaboys, we don't need substances. We don't need alcohol and drugs. You don't, you, no, it would be bad. It'd be bad. Caffeine is enough. Before I know it, he's knocking out push-ups. I'm knocking him out. We weren't competing, so I knocked out 40 real quick and got up, and he's counting 49, 50. And he's not even out of breath, and he gets up, and he goes, I could have done 20 more. And then he keeps talking. I'm like, this guy's 73. You say, not everybody's like that. Yeah, but it's a great example, isn't it? Hard not to honor a good example. You say, what? What? He's, he's working out. Yeah, Scripture says physical exercise profits little, but it doesn't say it profits nothing. Physical exercise is good for you. Keeps your head straight. 
But look at this next verse. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. You ever seen dads, moms, man, messing with their kids, making them mad? Don't do that. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from what? The Lord. Discipline and instruction. Mm. Let's go to Hebrews 13.8. We're all called to be Christ-like. Would you, would you agree? Our ultimate standard is Jesus, the ultimate Father. God in the flesh. Look at this. Jesus Christ is the same when? Yesterday, today, and forever. One thing about my dad was his, look at this number one today, and this is a great attribute, was his stability. His stability. I knew dad was dad day in and day out. He was there. Part of, great part of dad's stability, I think, was not, not just his discipline. It was always his love and compassion for us. That always moved me. Someone said that in a staff meeting this past week. They said, yeah, you know what's moved me about pastor is his compassion. Tough guy. Combat veteran. Vietnam, one year, tough. But, man, I remember growing up, man, it, it always blew me away when dad would say, hey, I'm sorry about that. Or, hey, dad loves you, man. Don't worry about that. I love you. It's going to be all right. That was part of his stability. Love, compassion, patience, but discipline and training. Someone say discipline and training. Some of you moms have said, man, I got to be the mom and the dad. No, 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 no. Take that responsibility off your shoulders. That is biologically, that is humanly impossible. You just be a fabulous mom. It's like me as a man going, man, I had to be the man and the woman in that one. No, that, it doesn't happen like that. That's not how God made us. I'm a man. I can only be a father. I can never be a mother. You guys remember the, the book of Samuel? Book of Samuel. Hannah's crying out to God for a baby, and her husband, well-meaning as he is, he loved his wife. What was his name? Elkanah? He told Hannah, hey, baby girl. Matt translation. Baby girl, don't worry. Aren't I better to you than seven sons? Well, that's cute, but that's dumb. I can't be a mother to any of y'all. I can't be a daughter to any of y'all. I am a male. I am called to be a father. You say, Pastor Matt, you don't have any kids yet. Well, someone blew, blew me away today. He said, man, I saw you as Abraham today. You're a father to so many people. I said, praise God. Thank you. I received that. But you know what? You moms, take the load off. It's Father's Day, not Mother's Day. You don't have to be a dad to your kids, moms. You be a mom. And I've heard that by well-meaning people. I had to be the dad and the mom. You can't be the dad. You can't. I can't be a mom. You moms be a, an amazing mom. And you dads, hey, you cannot be a mother. I'm telling you right now, there's a big difference between mom and dad. Dad was the protector and the disciplinarian. Mom had to discipline us too, so we'd respect her. But mom was the nurturer. Moms are powerful this way. They tell on you. They tell your dad. And he's ready to whip the fire out of you. And then, they, and then the moms go, don't kill him. <laughs> That's too much. And pretty soon your dad's spanking you just so your mom will just stop talking about it, probably. I remember I was like, well, mom, why would you tell him? You know what? She's all, yeah, but you. And then she flips it. She goes, yeah, but you deserved it. Oh, man. Man, stability. Stability. You can, you can train your kids in love and compassion and patience, and you got to be disciplined with them. you gotta, you got to have discipline. Have fun, but be disciplined. 
one of dad's things, part of his stability was don't put your, put your shoes on the furniture. Another one was, hey, don't nick the walls. It's funny how much of my dad is in me now. We're moving furniture. I'm going, hey, be careful with the walls. Don't nick the walls. We've got kids that come to visit us. I love them. I say, hey, don't put your feet on the furniture. Take your shoes off. Right? Stability. How about this one? Availability. Availability. Some of you are like, man, mom and dad didn't work out, but dad is in my life, and he's available. Praise God. I salute men and women like that, that it didn't work out with the parents, and they're still in their kids' lives. You've got you to figure that out. St- availability. If you're around, remember you heard me say it earlier, if you're around, you've already won half the battle. Say, yeah, but I'm flawed. I have my problems. Who doesn't? But look, look at this. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 5. Look at this one. 1 Kings 1, 5. You guys know David was the guy in Scripture that God said he had a, he had a, he had a heart like God's own heart. But look at David and his mistakes. About that time, David's son Adonijah, whose mother was Haggith, that's a terrible name, began boasting, I will make myself king. Adonijah. You're about to see why he said that. David had already been saying Solomon will inherit my throne, but Adonijah, another son, said, I will make myself king. So he provided himself with chariots and charioteers and recruited 50 men to run in front of him. I've never known what that means. I need to look into the historical significance of it. I guess it's like an entourage. Now his father, King David, had never disciplined him at any time, even by asking, why are you doing that? Are y'all with me? I bet you can't list for me in the Bible three great fathers. It's hard to find great fathers in the Bible. The Apostle Paul was a fabulous spiritual father, so you can throw him in there. You could say Jesus was a father even though he didn't have biological children. You say, well, Abraham was a great... Oh, no, Abraham made big mistakes too. He had Ishmael and then had to end up casting Ishmael out. It's crazy. The Bible teaches us what to do as a dad and what not to do as a dad. King David, the guy who had the heart after God's own heart, was a miserable father. He did good with Solomon, though. You read the book of Proverbs, that's words from David to Solomon, much of those. But Adonijah, he'd never even been corrected. That means David was not available. Men, checking us out on the live stream today, or on the podcast this next week, or on YouTube, or in this house, if you're a dad, you better be available. You say, man, I don't know what to do with these kids. You knew what to do to create them. You better help, help raise them. I remember a guy came to the bank one time. He's like, man, I got to pay child support and all this. And the, the lady in the window, she was crazy. Her name was Sandy. Do you remember her? She was about 6'1", 6'2", and she was a nut. She had my personality times five. And the guy's like, oh, man, my child support. And I'll never forget with her loud voice. She's all, well, you were there when they were created, weren't you? I was 18. I thought that was brilliant. Complaining about the kids. Dude, shut up, man. Come on. I average one shut up a sermon now, don't I? Must be my age. David never disciplined his kiddo. And then this kid started a bunch of trouble. Never even disciplined, even by asking, why are you doing that? You know, my dad was famous for going, hey, what are you doing? My dad was infamous for going, what the devil are you doing? He saved that one. That was Christian cussing. He'd go, boy, what the devil are you? 
Where's you, and dads do this. They're powerful this way. Where's your mom? I'm like, is that a trick question? I was doing this because neither one of y'all were around, but I don't know where mom is. Am I my mother's, am I my mother's keeper? <laughs> Got a wax eloquent, King James. Why are you doing that? Dad always questioned us, all three of us. Why, hey, what is this? What are you doing? You get into your kid's business. Say, man, I, my kids have their own room and their boundaries, and we don't even go in there. That's a recipe for disaster. You better be able to have checkups. You don't know what's on that computer and that phone. My wife has the password. My wife, at any point, and she does it on trips sometimes, she'll just get my phone. I'm like, what are you doing? She's all just going through your phone. I'm like, go ahead. Stress-free. Oh, no, don't go in that. No, she can go through any app. She can go through anything. She can look at the, the search history. It's all out in the open. I'm, I'm going to be pure-hearted before God and before her when I'm alone and when I'm with her alone. She can look through my stuff. And I can, I, you know, I can go through her phone sometimes. She's like, baby, why are you messing with my phone? I'm just, I don't know. And I can't find any of the apps, so I have to search. She goes, why are you taking so long? I'm like, I can't find anything. You know, men can't find stuff. Why are you doing that? I don't know what you just said, but amen. Adonijah had been born next, what? After Absalom. And he was very, ab he was very what? Handsome. Ladies, in picking a father for your children when you're married someday, don't just go by looks. Don't just go by looks. Men's hair falls out. Cruz always supports me on that. But I mean, really, there, and, and I've seen guys, I was talking to someone this morning, I went, to, I went to school with some people, and I'm amazed how good some people look, and I'm amazed how some people, I'm like, woo, woo, wow, you, you, you've had a hard life. You shouldn't have gotten into all that mess. It's worn you out, uh-huh. He was very handsome, but he was a big jerk because he'd never been disciplined by his father. You want to raise a delinquent? You want to raise someone who goes to prison? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to moms and dads, spoil the mess out of them. Never tell them no and tell them all the time, it's your teacher's fault. It's the cop's fault. It's, that's how you raise a delinquent. It's never your fault. Uh-huh, that's how you raise a big devil. I, I was, I'm going to tell you right now, I was born and my grandpa said wild blood. I was genetically, he said, oh, genetic, no. Whatever, my will or whatever, I was naturally criminal-minded. I was born with some shadiness, and I was born with hyperactivity, and I was born with, let's see what I can get away with now. And thank God for Dad, man. He'd say, he'd look at me sometimes, I'd do some stuff, and he'd say, you know, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And I'm not, I'm not condoning that if you say, that's harsh. But it worked. I was like, it is, Dad? Like, you've never seen anything more stupid than this, ever? Like, this is the world record? I've been wanting to make the Guinness Book of World Records since I was, like, third grade. No, but Dad would say, what are you doing? And don't do that, and that's, that's stupid. Don't do that. you got to be available, man. Available. Let's go to Galatians 6, 3. Sorry, Galatians 6, verses 2 and 3. Sorry. Share each other's burdens, and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, this is talking about people in general as believers. 
So much more a father. You are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. (laughs) Such a great translation. So if you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. All right? So got to be available, dads. Come on. I've, seen, I've grown up watching dads, and all they could think about was their golf game, their basketball game, their football game, and they wonder why when their kids grow up, they don't want to spend any time with them. There's a song written about that. I, I'm not going to try to sing it. I don't even remember all the lyrics. But the, the kids become just like the dad. Say, I don't have no time for you now, dad. You guys remember that song? What's it called? Some crazy cats in the cradle? Yeah, I'm like, why did he name it? He was smoking some good stuff. Cats in the cradle. But I see the message of the song. He said, he's just like me now. Dad never had time for him. Said, man, won't we have a good time then? Yeah, he said, yeah, not now, not now, not now. And later on, the dad's calling the son. Let's let's spend time. The son says, hey, we'll have a great time later. Don't got time for you. Be available, man. Remember, I got to say it again. If you're around, you've already won half the battle. Say, man, what about my flaws? Well, that's for another sermon. You need to get that mind renewed. All right, you need to get in the Word, get that mind renewed, okay? But you got to be available, dads. That's how you're a hero. Number three, transparency. Transparency. I think this is a weak, weakness for most humans. Some of us are transparent in some ways. Some of us are transparent in other ways. But, man, I, I feel like this is something huge. Why? Because you can't be honest and full of integrity if you're not transparent. You as humans, you're called men and women, fathers today, but hey, us in general, you're called to have very minimal secrets. I'll tell you right now, secrets will wipe you out. You say, man, it was for their own good. We didn't tell them. Uh-huh. I've seen those type of secrets. Some of those are tough. You, you, you weren't created to bear that thing. Or a secret sin, man, or something. You need to talk to somebody. I'm not saying you need to come talk to me. That's between you and God. But you need to talk to somebody. Confess your sin, your faults one to another so that you may be healed. you got to be transparent. Let's go to Ephesians 4.25. Ephesians 4.25. Real basic here, pretty blatant. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. Hmm. You don't want harmful secrets. Kids don't need to know everything, but they need parents who are not liars. They need parents who are good examples of what to do and how to live and how to be transparent and honest. This is so important. you got to be transparent and honest. Why is it that humans struggle so much with accountability? A lot of it's fear. We say, man, they're going to think less of me. You know what's tied into pride is fear. We say, man, and we'll get into that here in a minute. We say, man, I'm just afraid they're going to think less of me. Look, everybody knows you're human. They're human. I mean, I'd like to meet the person in this room who didn't have to put on their pants this morning. Or their dress, ladies. You didn't have to put on your pants. You jumped into them, champ? No, you didn't. You jumped into them? Oh, you slept in them. No, you started it. How did you put your pants on today? You slept in them. See that? I'm so glad you told me that. Get with me after the service, mijo. We, me, you know we got to have a powwow. They're not even that wrinkled either. That, like, they look nice. What? Oh, 
you took them off to iron them? Or you ironed them with it while they were on? No, I need to know. No, I need to know from him. Nobody else answered. So did you put them back on? I'm sharp, huh? Trying to keep my eyes from rolling right now, Donnie. You know I love you, bro. I had a, I had a coach in, in, uh, in middle school. He'd say, he'd say, we'd act up in class. He'd say, why me, father? Why me, father? You know what I meant, man. Transparency. We've all got... He just proved it, man. He, even though he slept in his britches, he had to take them off to iron them. Because I imagine you going, I ain't taking these off. I'm going to iron them. <laughs> no, he thinks he knows what's up. I'll iron them with them on, man. I got it. Once again, I go back to Coach Malone. Knucklehead, shut up. Right? <laughs> got to be transparent. Thank you, though. Thank you. That was not part of the plan, but I'm glad it became integrated. <laughs> Point four today, strength. And I don't mean how much you can bench press. Not everybody's going to be 73 and able to do 50 push-ups and say, I could have done 20 more, right? I'm praying I get to be that way. But strength, meaning, let's go to Proverbs 24, 16. Look at this. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. Strength is staying power in my mind. Michael Francesi, he came out of the mob. He was a young capo in the mob. And uh, you need to look up his testimony. Talk about OG, making money for the mob and part of the Italian mafia. And he talks about staying power. I love that because there's been lots of people who talk trash and criticize me and said this and say that. They've said all kinds of stuff, but I'm still here. And I can't find them anywhere. I've looked. I said, where are they? Nobody knows. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. People are always like admiring. There's the mob and all this. This guy left the mob. But they're admiring drug dealers and the mob and the mafia. And they want, everybody wants to be a gangster. Those guys never last. They always end up in prison or dead. They lose everything. We knew a guy that began to deal drugs. He went to the Christian Academy 25 years ago. He had to go to Mexico to go hide. They brought him back. His kids don't know him. It's a big disaster because he was an original gangster. No, the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. That's strength. Dads, that's strength. You're still there. You weathered the storm. You've got scars, but you keep coming back. One disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. Look at this one. Let's go Proverbs 24.10. I love this one. This is real simple. If you fail under pressure, you're weak. If you fail under pressure, you don't have much strength. I, you know what? I get so tired of people talking and talking and talking and telling me all the great things they're going to do and all this stuff. And You've got to be able to testify. But, man, sometimes I'm just thinking... Bro, just shut up and show everybody already. Just live it. It's time to live it, man. You fell under pressure. Your strength is too small. I want to be unfatable, man. I want to be like Rocky. You know where you get, keep getting up and you're going, oh, my gosh, brother, stay down. Eyes swollen and hanging out. But he's like, let's go again. Okay. 
Let's go again. That had to, can you imagine knocking someone down that many times and they get back up? They're like, let's go. Let's go. I haven't heard the bell ring yet. Let's go. Okay. Here we go. I mean, you're tired of punching them. <laughs> you get to a place where you can't quit, men, and you won't quit. Same for you, ladies. You can't quit and you won't quit. That's real strength. And dads, let me give you a bit of advice. I learned this from my dad. He applied pressure to us to make us stronger. Dad was always pressuring us about something. People think they know more than God. They say, I don't spank my kids and I don't pressure them. God Almighty himself pressures people. Study scripture. God says, I challenge you to believe. Let it be unto you according to your faith. That's pressure, isn't it? Jesus said, let it be unto you according to your faith. No, let's just give them all a trophy. Man, you know how many times I got beaten? And second place, I remember. Did they, still, did, did they still do that sixth grade play day back in the day? Did they stop? Oh, it's fifth grade now? Oh, because that's, okay, that's the, the highest and loftiest elementary school age now is fifth grade. We used to have sixth grade play day. And I remember I thought I was so quick, and I was pretty quick. But they lined me up, and the kid must have been twice my height, man. It was the 50-yard dash, I think. He beat me by a little bit. I got second. Nobody even congratulated me. I thought I was fast. Of course, I was four foot 11. <laughs> I hung in there, man, and I didn't quit. But, man, that dude smoked me. And no one even said, hey, good job, Matt. You know, nothing. Didn't get a, I think I got a second place ribbon, but nobody cared. You got to just do your best, man. You got to do your best. But let me tell you right now, dads, apply pressure to your kids, the godly kind of pressure. Is, no, you're going to get this cleaned up by the time I get back or else. What do you mean or else? I'm taking your phone. I'm doing something. Come on. Dads, you need to get to the place where you're not afraid of your kids. I'm going to speak. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and speak to Latin men because I, I am of mixed heritage. I know the Latin culture well. I've seen the Latin culture where where dads are afraid of their kids sometimes. Not, not everybody. You say, man, well, that's in black culture, that's in white culture. Well, I'm talking about Latin culture right now. They're so afraid of their kids. Why? Because they want to be their friend. They want to spoil them and be their friend. My dad reminded us over and over again, and it wasn't always encouraging. Dad would go, hey, you guys know I'm not your friend. I'm like, dad, I really need a friend right now. <laughs> Call one. Go talk to your mom. And then mom, you know, she'd get on a kick. She'd go, I'm not your friend either. I'm like, man, I don't have any friends. <laughs> Nobody loves me, right? <laughs> You're not my friend. No, I'm your parent. You can, be, you can be more friendly later, but man, there's a time for discipline. I mean, no scripture teaches there's a time for everything. There's a time for everything. You instill strength in kids by applying pressure, having limits, having discipline, having boundaries. How many of you know that fences make great neighbors? Fences make amazing neighbors. Man, we were, I was about to go down to Chinatown with our neighbor for the longest. I've told you the pit bull stories. Bit both of our dogs, one through the chain link fence, one from over the fence. One day, that little demon dog, she was hanging on the fence, angry, growling at our dogs, and I appeared between our dogs and her, which was not wise. I jumped the fence, and the guy, the neighbor was all, dang, you're fast. I'm all, bro, just get a fence up here. Get a, extend the fence, really. Finally did it, and they became even better neighbors. Fences make for great neighbors. 
So parents, dads, moms, instill boundaries in your kids. Say, no, man, uh -uh. they needed help. It was one in the morning. They were drunk. They're always getting drunk, but they needed help getting out of jail at one in the morning. Not on my watch. Y'all can go be great Christians, go get them out of jail. I'm not helping you. You go to jail for being drunk at 1 a.m., you can sleep it off till 8 a.m. Or whatever time. What time do they get bailed out? About 7 a.m. Wait six hours. You'll be okay. Oh, man. Yeah, but he's been living like that. Let him sleep it off now. Let him figure it out now. Dad would have never bailed me out had I gone to jail. Would have never. He'd have said, hey, man, we'll, we'll see you at the court date. <laughs> no, but I think Dad would have said, I'm busy that day, but your mom will see you at the court date. I've been available when you weren't listening to me. Strength. Number five, last thing. After we, we, I love strength, man. You've got to be able to get back up. Fathers, be strong and instill strength in your kids. Number five, humility. Dads, you need to be an example of humility. Pride is rooted in insecurity and the belief that you don't need God. Pride is rooted in insecurity and the belief that you don't need God. Let's go to Ephesians 4.26. It's strange how that works together. You say, wait, how can you be insecure and then believe you don't need God? Here's a great example. A lot of men, now that we're talking about men today, a lot of men will say, man, I don't go to church Christianity is a women's religion. They're scared to be vulnerable. I've heard people say that. It's a women's religion. I'm like, okay, I'll be here on Sunday morning before church when you come crawling in, coming off that five-day meth high or whatever, and we'll see if it's a woman's religion. Well, i got to lay hands on you and cast the devil out of you. Uh-huh. It's a woman's religion until they need help, until they hit rock bottom. No, God is for all. Someone say God is for everybody. Uh-huh. Jesus died for everybody. Scripture says, for God so loved the world. Male, female, boy, and girl, he died for all of us, man. And we got to remember, we can't live without God. Look at this. Look at the humility being taught here. Dads, moms, everybody, this is for all of us. Don't sin by letting anger control you. I was born a hothead. God's had to heal me. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. I've run across people. I remember asking a kid in my youth group, this is 20 years ago, I said, hey, I've noticed that your mom and sister aren't talking. He said, yeah, they haven't talked in about seven months. I'm all, y'all live in a two-bedroom house. He said, yeah, they got mad at each other. They haven't been speaking for over six months now. That's, that sounds dumb. You don't let the sun go down while you're still angry? Did you know one of the best ways to fight anger is to humble yourself? Anger says I was wronged. Anger says I'm right. Anger says it wasn't done like I wanted it to be done. Anger says whatever. Anger says I was jealous. Whatever. Humble yourself. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. Mm -mm. You don't want that. Much of our anger is pride. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. It gives a place where he can put his feet in. I've told you this, this before, guys. You know, people come to your door. Do you have to answer it? You don't have to. Okay, you answered it. Do you have to open it and let them inside? We've had shady people selling fake stuff in our neighborhood back in the day. Selling weird stuff. Hey, sir, no, you know what? Hey, you got a stain on your shirt. Let me spray that and I'm going to get it off right now. And you know all this crazy stuff? Oh, no, bro, don't spray my shirt. I'm not interested. Oh, man, come on, man. I'm, I said I'm not interested. One guy was pitching his thing, doing everything. And I must have stressed him out. He left his bottle of, of spray out at the house. 
Later, I asked Jen, I said, how do we get this? She said, the guy left. He left it. I said, man, this stuff is pretty amazing. <laughs> I said, dang. Keep that baby in the pantry. I didn't know that guy. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Let's go to Romans 12.3. Look at what the Apostle Paul says here. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. He's not saying you're no good. Did you catch that? He's saying you're great. But don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in what? Your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. How do we measure up? According to God's faith. So, no, I'm taller. I'm stronger. I'm better. I'm faster. I'm this. I'm that. I have more money. Man, can I just tell you all something right now? I don't know who this is for. Money has never impressed me. A lot of people don't know this about me, and I didn't ever see a red cent. I mean, really, not a little bit, but... My godparents were billionaires. Do you think they were, they were billionaires, weren't they, Dad? They were part owners of the Santa Fe Downs, my godparents. Say, man, Pastor Matt, ooh, that's impressive. I'm impressed, too. They sent me $200 for graduation. That was it. But I loved them, and they loved me, and I was never in it for the money. My mom said, and Dad said, they didn't even know they were wealthy. Dad worked for them at one point, and the guy drove a car that he was always having to fix. It would break down at work. It's leaking oil. Just a big problem. Jonathan and I hung out with him one time, my godfather, and he was so humble. He didn't have to prove anything to anyone. He was richer than royalty in some places on the planet. He takes us and he goes, hey, he says, Matthew, do you remember this land? I go, yeah, I think I remember you guys owning it. There was a Lowe's there. He goes, you know how much they pay us? I was like, what do you mean they pay? He goes, they're leasing the land from us for 50 years for $50,000 a month. I went, what? He said, they're leasing the land from us. He said, it's still our land. They're leasing it, but they put a Lowe's on it. 50000 a month for 50 years. You remember that, Jay? We were going, oh, okay. He's just showing us stuff, just real humble. Just real humble. And they were billionaires. Man, I've seen some people, don't got, they don't got anything. And they're punks. What's up, man? You must, you must own this part of town. Nah, man, I, I stay in an RV. Okay, dang. Attitude, though. Why? Because they're covering something up. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function. Hey, and there's nothing wrong with that. Seasons come and go and they pass. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You got to live in an RV for a while. Hey, let's get through it. But so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Let's go, let's go back. I want to start at the beginning of that again. Romans 12, 3. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts. Some will say many parts. Many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Isn't that powerful? Let's go over these five points again real quick. I want you to say them with me. Because this is for all believers, not just dads. Today we're talking about dad being a hero because it's what the family wants and needs. But someone say stability. stability. 
Uh-huh. Moms, same thing for you. Kids, same thing for you. Friends, neighbors, be stable. Stability. Someone say availability. Someone say transparency. Someone say strength. Someone say humility. Uh-huh. This is all scriptural attributes of character. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes today. Before I lead us in prayer today, I'm going a little longer than usual, but I really wanted to get through to you by the Spirit of God, with God's help, because I can't do it without His help. I'm just the messenger. This is His Word. It's not mine. It's His Word. It's His ideas. It's His plan. It's His purpose and design, not mine. One of the many purposes God has for you in life is that you be a hero, available at the right time, stable, strong, honest, humble, but there's some folks in this house, I believe, and maybe some watching today, that you need to forgive your dad. Some of you dads need to forgive your dad. Some of you are like, wow, dad died a long time ago, and I'm still mad at him. Uh-huh, you need to forgive him. Every head bowed, every eye closed today. There's an anointing for this today, if you're honest. If you say, man, I need to forgive my dad, would you raise your hand today? God bless you all. Wow, there's some honesty in here. God bless y'all. Thank you for your honesty. I know that is vulnerable. It's a very, very vulnerable moment there. God bless you. Let's pray together. I want everyone in this house to repeat it in support of our brothers and sisters who raised their hands. Say, Heavenly Father, you are the perfect Father. You are my standard. And because of that, I ask that you help me to forgive my dad. Forgive me, Lord, for walking in unforgiveness. Help me to forgive and love and hope and believe the best in Jesus' name. Say this. Say, I break every spirit of unforgiveness and bondage and bitterness in Jesus' name. Say, I am free in the name of Jesus. Is there anyone in this house who says, I need to just make sure my heart is right with God? Would you raise your hand today and I'm going to pray with you. Say, man, I need to make sure my heart is right with God. I see some hands. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you. All right, let's pray together. Thank you, sis. God bless y'all. Everybody in the house, repeat this prayer. Say, Jesus, you're my Lord and my Savior. You died and rose again for me to take away my sin. Please forgive me for my sin, mistakes, bad choices. Cleanse me by the blood of the Lamb. I thank you for your forgiveness in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we go on, do you have something you'd like to share, baby? Would you guys just stand with me in that same attitude of worship and humility? I just want to say, I have two things to say, but first I want to talk to the men. You guys, I want you to know that today this message is to be an encouragement to you. You don't we're not expecting you to be perfect. You're a, you're a human, and we don't expect you to be perfect. Your kids don't expect you to be perfect. But the Bible says that we are joint heirs with Christ, and that means that you have the DNA of Jesus. And that means that you have a hero on the inside of you, and you have a champion on the inside of you. And we love you, and we honor you. And I feel like in today's society, women are honored a lot, and there's a lot of talk about, you know, honoring women and, and female leaders, and that's good, and, and I, I love that. But we want you to know that we honor you today. We honor you as heroes, as champions, 
as men who are doing your best, you're hardworking, and maybe you don't have a, the best father in your life, but I want you today, instead of thinking about what you don't have, I want you to think about the men in your life that you do have who are godly role models. You have Pastor Fabian, you have Pastor Matt, you have Noe, you have Pastor Jonathan. I'm sure you have other uncles or, or men in your life who are godly examples. And so if you're missing that father role model, find someone today, connect with him, take him to coffee, spend time with him. God always provides what we're lacking, always. He always provides. And so I just want you today to, to know, men, that we love you, we honor you, we think the best of you. Don't leave here today with your head hanging low. Walk out of here today knowing, I'm, I'm a brother of Jesus. I have the DNA of Christ. I'm a man of God. I'm called, I'm chosen, I'm strong. I'm all the things that Pastor Matt spoke today. I want you to believe that about yourself, okay? And then also, before I turn it back over, we can't leave here today without, without honoring Matt. And um, we don't have a gift for you. We should. <laughs> but I just was back there today watching you preach. And I just want to take time to honor Matt because he's not a physical father, but he's been a father to so many. I remember your mom always told me, my kids have a good dad, but John and Elaine also have Matt, and he's their second dad. And I know that there are people in this church today, men and women and children and young people, that you have fathered, and you are all the things that you preach today. You are. You're stable, vulnerable, strong, humble. I think I'm missing one, but I was listening, I promise. <laughs> so we just want to honor you and tell you that we love you. We're grateful for you. You are, you are a father. You're a father to so many, and we love you and we honor you. Happy Father's Day, baby.